Has your local footy club had a recent clangor or challenge? Well, Amy is here to help. The Amy Clangers for Good competition is back for 2024. This year, Amy are donating $10 for every clangor recorded during the AFL season with eight community clubs in the chance to win up to $15,000. If you want your club to go into the running in 100 words or less, tell us how Amy can help your club bounce back from a recent challenge. Enter now at amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. That's amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. T's and C's apply. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. Hey fam, bonus episode coming out today with our new friend Tim Elliott. Tim is a journalist. He is the host of the new podcast called Inside the Tribe, which is absolutely sweeping through um, through the airways right now. I think, I think it's number one on, on the charts. It's an absolute crazy crazy podcast a crazy story um and it's yeah it's absolutely hectic i i got in touch with tim through uh, my friends up at patuda who helped put this show together and um yeah you don't want to miss it on this pod if you're into your sort of true crime or um cult-like uh stuff that you're fascinated about this is definitely the story for you and it's pretty pretty crazy not gonna lie for those listening this does cover some pretty um you know graphic sort of topics but all in all, it's um it's pretty incredible what Tim's doing, putting shedding some light on on a crazy story. He he investigates a tribe that you know started out in the U, in the US, sorry, and they've infiltrated their way all over the world and even have their own farm um, up in Sydney, which uh, follows the story of a, a couple named Mark and Rose who escaped the uh, the tribe and left pretty traumatized by all the things that they went through up there. They've lost you know contact with their um, kids, which is really unfortunate. But yeah, it's just absolutely hectic. Speak to Tim today about the episode. He runs us through what it's all about, you know, what we can expect by listening to the show and also gives us a, a bit of a story about how it all came about. It's 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 honestly incredible. I don't know how um, this stuff is, is even going on in, in the world, let alone feels like what is in our backyard, um, which is absolutely nuts. So yeah, check it out. The pod's going absolutely incredible. You can listen to it now on all sort of streaming services. But um, yeah, thank, can't thank Tim enough today to give us a quick rundown on the pod. Feel pretty, uh, feel pretty special getting the exclusive on this one. So hope you enjoy it. Tim, welcome. Dylan, how are you going? Good, my friend. How are you? Thanks so much for making the time. I know we've uh, been trying to get in the studio for a while. I know. Yeah, it's been a bit of a heckle, hasn't it? You're um, coming up from uh, Melbourne. Yes, difficult. difficult. Yeah. I I like to get in the same studio as people, though. It's too hard to connect. Uh, I just like being in the same room now that we can get face-to-face. It's always good. Yes. Yeah, looking you in the eye. Yeah, and congratulations, mate, on the on the release of the new pod. I think it came out yesterday, which is exciting. Yeah, day, yesterday or the day before yesterday. Yeah, yeah it's been been a long, long uh, road. How long? It, how yeah. long does it take to put something like this together? Well, I mean, in entirety. Entirety. I first heard about this group, this very strange, bizarre group, in two thousand and eight, when a guy contacted a guy called Matt Klein, lovely Aussie guy, con- contacted me, and I was working at the Sydney Morning Herald, where I still work. 
uh, for a magazine called Good Weekend, which is the Saturday magazine for The Age and the, and the Sydney Morning Herald. Just a little plug there. <laughs> um, uh, I was working in 2008 and some, this guy called me up and said, hey, uh, you might be interested in my story. He had just left this group called the 12 Tribes. And I was like, well, what's the 12 Tribes? And he said, well, it's this pretty crazy cult that sucked me and my family in completely. Uh, it sort of shunted me all around the world, isolated me from my family, almost tore my kids apart. Um, I've lost my wife. I can't find her anymore. Um, and I want to warn people. And I was kind of like, well, that sounds like a pretty interesting story. So I wrote that and then stayed in touch with Matt. And then 2013, he got in touch again and said, wow, there has been reports that this group called the 12 Tribes that you wrote about all those years ago have been burying stillborn babies on their property in Sydney, on the outskirts of Sydney. Um, Do you, what do you think of that? And I was like, that's crazy like that's illegal isn't it he said yeah it's totally illegal they're not registering them you know quite a few kids are dying out there um their health care is really bad someone needs to do something and then shortly after that i he called me again and said you're not going to believe it but these two this this family has just escaped from the cult and they're in sydney and they're really keen to talk to someone would you tell their story so i wrote about mark and rose who were this lovely, lovely couple, Aussie couple, who had just got out and they were severely traumatised and they'd been estranged from their kids and their lives had been turned upside down and they said, look, we're at the end of our tether, we want to tell the story, we want to tell our story. Yeah, so it's been a long road and then recently we got back to them and there were a few things that had happened in the States, for example, that prompted us um, in Colorado, where they have, uh, where the 12 tribes have one of their biggest compounds, a fire had broken out on their compound in Colorado and, st- and started the biggest for- forest fire in the history of Colorado. Burnt something like 20,000 houses down. An absolute nightmare. So he thought, hello, this, let's revisit it. This is crazy. Fucking hell. There's just so much to get into with this. And this, yeah, is, why, it's this, this is why it's got its own podcast, yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. But um, Tristan, just give us a, like a little bit of a holistic view of the cult in itself. Like, okay. do you, What do we know about it? Where did it come about? Where was it born from? Sure. How did it get to Australia? Sure. Well, the 12 Tribes was born really in about 1972 by a man called Eugene Spriggs, who was a bit of a drifter. He was born in Chattanooga. Uh, in the, in the states, Tennessee, he um, he was a big, tall, kind of charismatic guy, good-looking, great football player. Left school, um, became a bit of a drifter. Started managing a carpet factory. Dropped out of that. Became a carnival worker, running a ride at a carnival. Uh, joined the army. Um, left the army. Then uh, became a school counselor. Then by the age of 33, he'd been married, as well as all that, he'd been married and divorced three (laughs) times. So the guy was pretty intense. So he's walking down a beach. He'd always been a believer. Walking down a beach in Santa Barbara in the States and God talks to him on the beach and says, I want you to start a church for the youth, for youth, for young people. 
And so he took it up and he began what became the 12 tribes. And in the beginning, I think, look, like most of these movements, it was uh, well-intentioned. And I think Spriggs had the right um, motivations. He wanted to start a church which was sort of inspired by, he was kind of inspired by the Jesus freaks and sort of very energetic, youth-orientated movement. Not at all the starchy kind of uh, older preaching that he was brought up with in, in Tennessee. And he, um, it was very attractive to young people in Chattanooga. You know, university students and school students used to drop out and join this, this group. And they started having rap nights in their house. They had a, sort of started renting a house and then they were given a house by this dentist there, which is another story altogether. So it grew out of that and became quite a thing. And then as time went on, as, as these things have a habit of doing, it kind of evolved into a much more intense, ritualistic, fundamentalist Christian sect with him at the centre of it. And that's where it all started to go wrong. How did, how did, how did people join? Like, how does he recruit? Like, how does it work? Like, what are they doing when they get in there? Okay. Um, Nobody chooses to join a cult. Like, nobody goes, I'm going to wake up this morning and join a group that is going to turn me, is going to brainwash me, going to manipulate me, going to separate me from my friends and family, take all my money, treat me like a slave, and in some cases, you know, neglect my medical health. What they do is they, people become, they find themselves usually at a bit of a crossroads in their life, they feel a bit vulnerable, uh, and... And they come across these groups just at the wrong time when they're in that bit of a, uh, in that crux period, in their, a moment of flux. Mm. And that group appeals to them. Like the people I talked to, the people we talked to in this cult who'd left the cult were like, I was just idealistic. Mark and Rose were like, I, my only crime was that we were idealistic. We wanted to join a group that, you know, they met these guys at um, Newtown Fair, for instance, in Sydney. So Mark and Rose were a bit sort of down and out and they a bit of a crux in their life. They'd just come back from Europe and they were at this fair and they hadn't had work yet and they were trying to find their feet. This woman walked up to them and she was this beautiful blonde-headed woman in flowing cotton dress and said, hey, you, know, you look like you need a home to Mark. And he was like, yeah, you know, I think I do. You know, just she saw something in him that was vulnerable, open, and he st- he went to the Colts um, base, this farm, this lovely farm, and it's a beautiful farm out on the outskirts of Sydney. And he's like, far out! This is a utopian lifestyle. They're living in in communion with one another, and they grow their own food, and they share everything together, and they look after each other's kids. What's not to like, you know? And so. Mark and Rose started going there every Saturday and then eventually you find yourself part of the group. Far out. Mm. That is unbelievable. Yeah. It, it, I really understand sort of now what you're saying with like how you just sort of fall into it. Like I think back in the oh, day, yeah, totally. we, we would have been like, the first thing is when you, you know, you watch a cult or you hear about a cult, you're like, why don't you just leave? Mm. It's like, that's all you know. Yeah. It's, it's physically all you know at that stage. Yeah. It's all, they said that the interesting thing is that nowadays I think people are more sophisticated. Like, People I've talked to are like, oh, you know, these people are going to be so stupid. What, why are they so silly? They're joining these groups that are so controlling. 
And I'm like, okay, would you would you blame would you call a woman who was caught in a coercive relationship with her husband um, being bashed up or taken advantage of and dominated? Would you call her stupid and mm. say, what's wrong with you? You know, once you get, why don't you just leave? It's exactly the same dynamic. It's a coercive relationships, coercive control. I think even like on a on a really bigger scale that we even saw this, one thing that I realised like last year, even going through the whole COVID situation, was when the government said, hey, you can't leave your house and you have to do this. We just did it and you get used to it. Oh, totally. And you really just yeah, follow yeah. along with the rules. Like, you're it's like, incredible, okay, that's all we it? have to do. We're, Every, we just scary. do what we're told. Yeah. Yeah, it, isn't it scary? I was thinking that the other day because there were helicopters. I remember in, in my home in Sydney, there were... There were helicopters. The first time I really started going, wow, what is going on here? When I saw helicopters buzzing over the suburb every night, sussing out who was going out, who was doing what. And I sort of thought, this is a bit weird. It's weird. And we all took part in it. We, we all, all went did. along. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think we can all talk after yeah. going through that. It was it was really strange. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. So the po- the preface of the podcast inside the tribe, what what are we going to undercover? What's the investigation about throughout the whole part of the series? Okay, like it's a traditional story. It's a it's a I like as a journalist, I like telling stories. Yeah, from, you know, this Sorry, Sorry, I will say before you do that, with your, your journalistic style, like, was this always your type of thing that you did No, look, I yeah. do lots of things. I write yeah. on lots of things for yeah. Good Weekend. It's a, it's a long-form long form magazine that runs stories kind of like, you know, 4,000, 5,000 yeah, worth right. long. Yeah. They can take months and months and months to put together. Um, and so I love that, you know, you, you're really peeling back layers in people's lives and you understand the intricacies and the complexities of people's psychological makeup. Mm. And that's exactly what we do in this podcast. We get inside, we follow, re, follow the lives of Mark and Rose, this Sydney couple who find themselves attracted to this group and they join and then they get sucked into the vortex of this controlling group and... And really, they turn their lives over to the 12 tribes and all the horrors that lay within. And really, that's the story. We follow that journey as they go through the guts of this movement. They, they're sucked in. They uh, find themselves doing the most bizarre stuff to each other, to their kids, betraying each other um, to the leadership, um, beating their children, um, following weird weird commandments about everything from not reading books to not uh, watching TV. They don't believe in the radio and no medical, modern medical care, no magazines, no no interaction with the outside world. You are entirely dependent on this group. You're entirely isolated from everything. You're not allowed to handle money, nothing. So uh, they find them find themselves in that group and then they the group moves them moved them all around the world to try and escape their family. When Mark and Rose's family found out, they tried to rescue them. 
and the group shunted them off to to Spain to the state. Yeah, I mean, it's just the story. So there's chapters all over the world. Like, how the hell does it break? Like, how do you get from the US to Australia to Spain? Like, how oh, are they look, just bringing out chapters all over? This it? group, it's only small. It's only about three or four thousand people, which is the most. It's it's, but the level of control they have over their members is just insane. And they have. It's really interesting. They have self-supporting, self-sustaining little communities all over the world so you name it um you know england argentina spain australia everywhere so they've got these group japan everywhere you go you can find one of these communities and so what they do is if they as we discovered in the podcast if they have a pedophile among their community they'll um often they'll just transfer that man to another community rather than tell the cops, because to tell the cops that... Opening up themselves. Yeah, they're opening yeah. up the group to scrutiny, and so they'll shuttle people around and separate them, and people get lost in the system for years. I mean, for a start, they're given entirely new names. When you join, you're given an entirely new name, an entirely new um, identity, new set of clothes, everything. So people lose track of their friends and family members. Far out. What, 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 have you been able to sort of fathom a point like what's the point of a cult like what's the point of this cult have you worked out what the like yeah what's the point like well in the early days i think it really spriggs in the early days in the states i think he was really motivated by the right things i think he wanted to follow god and uh introduce god into people's lives especially young kids who he thought were kind of going off the rails then after a while, I think he became perhaps intoxicated by the, by the power and control. He also, funnily enough, I think <laughs> there was a bit of a rogue element in him right from the beginning. Like he'd, before he started the church, his group, he, he'd been borrowing money and not paying it back to his mates and giving them the shits and pissing them off and people wanted to get him. Um, so he, you know, he was a bit of a crazy guy, a, a, sort of a loose screw anyway. And it turns out that in the early days of the cold, he started using members, young guys, to work on um, construction crews. Uh, his, his, you know, he started a building company. And, for example, he'd get the cult members to work for free on mm. the building company. So there were all these little perks from the start that started popping up. And as time went on, they started, the group was really financially successful. I mean... 12 tribes own businesses all around the world. They own construction companies, uh, restoration companies, demolition companies, food companies, cafes, restaurants, shoe companies, soap factories, chemical, you name it. Um, they, they do everything. They, they, they make a lot of money. So that, that they've, must... got a, they've got a massive mate um, farm in yeah. Brazil. You know, in Brazil, they own a massive property there. So it's a it's a weird. I think a bit of it's money, yeah. a bit of it's control, a bit of it now is based on genuine belief by the members who think they're doing the right thing and following God. And you know, as we found out it, it's you got to be kind of fair. I mean, look, a lot of the people who left this group were like, you, we met a lot of really lovely people mm. inside, and we have mixed memories of our time inside the group. We met some beautiful friends, and but we did some terrible things. Yeah, with the that like they run all these businesses. Th- there's got to be some level of like governance and clarity, I suppose, at the top. Mm. Do you feel like to to be able to do that? Yeah, and I think, that, like 
so they must sort of know what's going on. Oh they? yeah, I think yeah. they know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you get to? Did you actually make contact with any of the the hierarchical people oh, no, and try look, and talk with them? You try and get in touch. They just don't reply. Yeah. You know, we sent. You know, we're journalists, so you've got to try and get the other side of the story, of and it's really important to do that. Not just ethically, but it also adds to the story. You want to know where they're coming from. So we sent, we approached them at uh, Peppercorn Creek Farm, which is this lovely property they own out at um, out of Picton on the outskirts of Sydney. Didn't want a bar of it. Invited us in, talked to them, you know, and then you're like, do you want to take part in an interview? It's like, goodbye. Here's the door. <laughs> uh, you sent, we What's sent What's that it. like? What's that like? Like, was that scary? No, it's, you know, give a... It's weird, you know, they they have a lovely lovely's not quite the right word. Yeah. <laughs> they have a it's a very calm. When you go out, it's very calm. It's a very calm sort of ambience. Uh but there is definitely it's definitely a little creepy. Eeriness. Yes. Um and people often re- sort of remark that when they they off, they own these cafe operate really amazing cafes in Sydney that are renowned for their food beautiful food beautiful homemade organic food homegrown all on their farm and people go oh yeah I know about that group they they own this cafe in the Blue Mountains it's beautiful the food's great but the kids look a bit weird <laughs> that's what people always say and you're like yeah kids look a bit weird there because. It is weird, you know, like the whole group's weird. Um, And so, yeah, it's just a strange, you get a funny energy, yeah. Is there like being a journalist and writing on things like this, when obviously the other group, they probably don't want to, they just want to be left alone, do their Mm. thing, they don't want this stuff coming up. Is there a sense of like, do you have like a fear of retribution or anything from those people? Like have you heard from them since or anything like that? Um, No, the thing is that they are so in their own world that they think to interact with a journalist would be... Against the values of... Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just they're like, you're, you're going to hell. We don't really care what yeah. you say. We don't care if you have a go at us. We don't care if you investigate our practices because you're not one of us and you're not even worthy, you're not even worthy of interacting with. Wow. The, um, a part of the podcast is why you talk about how much that they've been investigated, not just by, you know, Australian federal police and oh, yeah, by the, the FBI, FBI and all these sorts of yeah. things, but nothing's ever really come out. Like, yeah. Yeah, I it- think part of the problem in the States, the FBI, there were st- all sorts of, uh, lots of states, US states have been looking into them. Uh, the FBI compiled a massive dossier of, of complaints and... But the thing is, a lot of these people, they get out, they go, to the, they go to the cops. What we found, there's a pattern. They go to the cops. Uh, the cops will take a statement and the next day they'll come back, give another statement maybe, or they just don't. They just evaporate. Yeah. And there's a really good reason for that because the cult right from the beginning tells them that if you, um, if you leave, if you leave the group, you will die in a fire you'll turn gay which is one of the worst things possible for them you'll go to the lake of fire which is eternal damnation you'll die in a car accident um you'll die of cancer so a lot of them are like so traumatized and fearful of having left they just don't want it they just want to move on Mm. so they have they go to the cops often make a make a complaint give a a lot of details and then they'll evaporate also it's it's odd because we we noticed that there was a bit of a pattern 
in the States, uh, going through the FBI files, of people disappearing after they'd left the cult, either dying in car accidents, suspicious car accidents, being murdered. Um, and one of the members here has come to a similar end, but for legal reasons we can't come into it. Holy can't go shit. into it. Yeah, a senior member here has come to a similar end, uh, which is currently being investigated. Wow. Um, so people are genuinely afraid of going to the cops. And you think, well, I would be too, once you look at it. Mm. And what about Mark and Rose, so like the, the heroes of the story? How are they coping now that this has come? Like this would be one of the first you yeah. know, two people to actually speak publicly about it. Yeah, there's a few people. Matt Klein has spoken about it, the guy who originally got in first, touch with yep. me. Yeah, um, yeah he was, he but, was also look, I, in I, the cult. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt, with the guy who, yes, he'd left in 2008 yeah. or just prior to that and he was the first guy who contacted me and said you've got to do something about this but um i think mark and rose have all sorts of wounds that they carry um one of them one of the principal ones is they are estranged from two of their children uh which is why we can't say their second names because it's really traumatic they're trying one of their oldest um Daughters doesn't they don't know where she is. She's um, still in she the... was taken away by the cult. They think she's in Japan. Fucking hell. She can't they can't contact her. She's still a part of the yeah, tribe. Yeah. Yeah. She's married within the within the cult. Uh, they can't contact her. They've lost contact. I mean, that's incredibly traumatic. I can ima- yeah, can't yeah. imagine. I mean, you know, as a parent it's like what a fucking nightmare. Um, and their other kid is extremely traumatized and doesn't really want to go through with couldn't talk to us. Um, was too, he's, he's really got some very deep wounds from his experience. Uh, he was extremely bad, badly treated by the group, um, which you can find out <laughs> in the pod. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, these people carry deep, deep, have deep problems for years. Yeah, well, it's extremely brave by them by doing it. Yeah, really so brave. I can imagine how hard it would have been for them mm. to recount their story. Um, what's probably the most rewarding part for you telling this story? Has there been a part where it's sort of linked in like what you're doing or? Just shining a light, cheesy phrase, yeah. but shining a light on the group and going, hey, this group's really, there's something wrong going mm-hmm. on here. Um, so, so for the first, one of the reasons we got into it as well is I got a call, I got an email in 2018, right? Out of the blue. Um, after I'd talked, after I'd done a story in 2013 on Mark and Rose, it's a bit of a complex story, but I got an email saying, Hey, you don't know me, but I live in the blue mountains outside of Sydney. I've just been, there's this group out here. I think you've written about them, but they're really creepy and they're, I just get a bad vibe and I've heard rumors about them burying babies in the bush. And I was like, bing, you know, like, wow, this group's still out there. So it was really rewarding for me to go and say, to, to shine a light on the really shitty practices that are going mm. on um, and tell people about it and say, hey, there's, you know, if you think they're a cute sort of fun farming community, think about it again, you know. And it also it was so touching and really emotional to hear about these families, these parents who had lost touch with their children. Yeah. And I just didn't want that to happen to anybody else. Do we know how many people they've got at the moment in Sydney? 
Oh, uh, it's quite small here now. They used to have about 200 or 150 people. I think it's only about 60, 70, 80 people now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's quite – it sort of goes – it's sort of in flux. It's weird. I think it's got to do with um, their intensity of recruiting maybe, um, the knowledge about them. I think a big part of them, you know, shrinking here, which is a good thing, is that was our stories, yeah. you know, and this might, this hopefully will do a similar thing um, and, you know, um, shine a light on them. Awesome, mate. Well, how do we, um, how do we listen to the full pod came out yesterday? First two episodes are available? First four, no, first, yeah, you're right. First two eps are available now. If you subscribe, yeah. uh, you can get the whole bunch of them, the whole nine Binge eps. Binge listen? Binge listen. Mate, it's a bingeable listen. Um, heard, yeah. So, yeah, I um, the subscription model's great because listening to it one after the other is pretty insane. You imagine. follow this amazing story. And of all, all platforms? Yeah, everywhere you get your yeah. pl- every get you get pods. Yeah. And that's actually a new feature. You can subscribe on Spotify and Apple to get the whole thing. That's right. Oh, right. Look, I'm, t- yeah, I'm terrible new, with the tech. New, no, like I am in the industry and I've just realized this is a new thing. It's like pretty cool. So, it's one of the first pods to do it as well. All oh, right. It's very, very cool. Oh, good. What was the um the whole process like doing the pod? Was this like your first sort of investing yeah. in the pod? Yeah, it was my first time. So, it was a bit freaky. Yeah. Um, I Look, I've been a journalist for 30 years. So... I'm confident I can write a story, you know, that people will read. But, my God, you know, doing a pod was like, what the fuck am I doing now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I had someone, a really amazing co-producer and co-writer called Camille Bianchi, who has done, who actually was nominated for a Walkley Award, which is about wow. as good as you can get for a journal in Australia. And last year for a pod she did called The Nurse. Yes, I've um, heard that. Yeah, incredible podcast, right? Caused a, in, in part, led to a, a royal commission in, in Tasmania. Yeah. Um, very powerful podcast. She was she was side by side with me the whole way and we did it together and she's a genius. So, I just relied on her a lot. Have you got anything else in the works? Anything? Um, no, we're still, you know, people are getting back to us with a lot of stuff and we have enough from, especially from the States. There's people leaving over there the whole time, um, cult members who who leave and who look to tell their story or who are complete look for some sort of help and we are hearing about them all the time. And uh, so there's, look, I think there's much more to come here. Exciting, mate. Well, congratulations again. That's absolutely huge. You've done a great job. I've listened to the first uh, couple of episodes. I'm going to have to go subscribe tonight as well and, and binge the rest of it. But, um, yeah, can't thank you enough for your time. It's really no. exciting. And make sure you go out and listen, guys. The link will be in the show notes. Um, it's very cool. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you so much. Is there a favourite uh, episode? Uh, I can't even nominate one. I yeah. think all of them. I love well, the they, way it the goes. The cliffhangers from, are just because it goes. It's just gets weirder and weirder yeah. and heavier and heavier. <laughs> so, which is which is um, the way the best way to craft a story is yeah. just for it to up the stakes. The stakes just get upped all the way through. You up the ante on what's going on and what you reveal at certain times. Well done, mate. Already uh, number one in the charts as well. So get up there, guys. Have a listen. Check it out. Inside the Tribe, uh, available on all platforms. Links in the show notes. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, 
when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble.